I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view. An endless field of wildflowers. Or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Sam Pets Radio. Australia's coolest podcast network. Hey everybody, and welcome to an episode of All the Small Games, an indie game podcast hosted by two great friends, one of whom is the undisputed console king, and the other one is, <laughs> you can decide your own title. Uh, Lord of the PC. Lord of the PC. Because that's, that's the one place I got you. You got, you got a PS, I got a PC. Yeah, sure, you can keep it. Um, my name is Levins, and his name is John. Uh- that's right. Ethan Valenzuela. And uh, yes. since we last recorded, um, I was, oh, you know, I was a, I was a naive fool uh, thinking that all I needed in this world was a Nintendo Switch, a PS4, and a uh, Xbox Series S. But uh, in, uh, one day later, I got a PS5 and uh, my life's changed. <laughs> yeah. Um, How did it... Not, so, I mean... <laughs> Not massively. I mean, look, PS has always been your preference. Has has getting a PS5 taken the shine off your Xbox Series X a bit? Um, well, no, it's they're very different systems. Um, there's nothing. I mean, for this game, for this po- podcast, uh, PS5 is relatively useless uh, in terms of indie game uh, exclusivity um, or like accessibility. Um, I think the ecosystem of Game Pass is just so incredible, especially as an indie game fan. Um, you know, we're going to be talking about a few games that I've been playing on there. Um, but like, yeah, like a lot of publishers that we love, like pretty much every Devolver game that's maybe like, you know, a little over a year, maybe less than a year old just shows up on Game Pass. Um, yeah. Every, every Humble Bundle, uh, game, Humble Bundle published game, Humble Game, whatever they're called, uh, is on, is on Game Pass. Uh, there's plenty of, of excellent games that we've talked about on the show that are on there and plenty that I've never played before that I'm looking forward to getting into. Um, including one one game that uh, had been recommended to me a bunch of times that only just came out recently that we're going to be talking about on the show today. Um, yeah, Game Pass has, has been sick for, for indies. Um, Hell yeah. But PS5, yeah. I mean, would you count Bug Snacks? I've been playing Bug Snacks. Is that an indie game? Because remember uh, the, the Octodad guy. Maybe it is. Yeah, I think that would count. Um, I guess that's a pretty good exclusive indie game to have. Um, and I've been playing... Yeah, a, and I... Uh, you go, dog. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say, I know that um, I think Annapurna has uh, that game Stray where you play as like a cat in a cyberpunk world. I think pretty sure that's a PlayStation exclusive. They've, they've published another game that's available on... Play, like, it counts as a PlayStation 5 title. Um, what's it called? It's, it's also an Apple Arcade. Um, the oh, The Pathless? Game. The Pathless, yeah, yeah. People are saying that's yeah. pretty good. I haven't gone in on that yet, it's, so I could be playing that. It, it is garbage to play on phone. Yeah, yeah. It seems pretty immersive and, and massive. Like, not, not, not the, the best phone game to play. Just above and beyond that, like, you're, a lot of the game is based on kind of running real fast. And with a virtual joystick, it is terrible. <laughs> Damn, that sucks. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I have been playing um, a PS4 game on my PS5. It just means there's, like, fuck all load times because I'm playing on a much more powerful system. And that is a game called um, Sakuna of Rice and Ruin, which I'll be talking about later on yeah. the show. 
Um, look, I've been doing a lot of Xbox talk, um, so I'm going to be talking about Carto, which I've played and finished on there. Same as Tetris Effect um, Connected, um, which totally counts as an indie game. Uh, I've played and finished yeah. both of those on Game Pass. And uh, I have not been ignoring my Nintendo Switch. In fact, I have a big Switch update since complaining about it uh, a lot on previous episodes. I've fixed my Joy-Con. Uh, they, no yeah. longer, they no longer drift. Do you have the same problem, I'm, John? I- I had in my previous pair of Joy-Cons, the new ones, I haven't, like, there have been a couple of moments where I'm like, oh, shit, is the drift starting again? But seem to be holding out so far. I am, however, fascinated to find out how you fixed it. Uh, it was Walk really simple. Levens. Uh, so I'd previously tried with, um, like, an, what is it, isoprofen al- alcohol, like the I- ISO Isopropyl, alcohol. yeah. Um, and yep. uh, I used that with, like, a cotton bud, as someone described me do on YouTube. And uh, that did not do the trick, but I heard, right. I read that um, the thing to get is uh, WD forty, not the oil, but the contact cleaner. Okay, and interesting. So I got some contact cleaner, and yeah, you lift up the little plastic lip on the Joy-Con, um, on the little joystick itself, and then uh, you get the little nozzle, the, the kind of like you make sure you get the you know the WD forty kind of like hose nozzle yeah, thing. Yeah, the the red nozzle. Yeah, yeah. You shove that in there. You give it a couple sprays. Then you then you jimmy the uh, the joystick around and around a few times, and then wipe yeah. all the e- excess uh, cleaner off. And uh, yeah, they've been right as rain. I, I fixed them both yesterday. Both of mine were f- so fucked. Like my kids have been playing Just Dance, and uh, it won't let them select a song because it will just decide. No, no, we're gonna scroll left until it's it, right. It's impo- impossible not to. So yeah, they'll be they'll be at like at the bottom of the of the screen of like you know four hundred songs or whatever, and then it'll be like and just scroll all the way back up oh. to the top, uh, oh, and they crap. get they start to scream. It's not not a great great way to play Just Dance at all. Um, but yeah, now they're fixed. Um, I, I played a game that I found like I had to stop playing because of how bad the drift was and because there were some bugs. But in the same week that they uh, they patched the game, I fixed my Joy-Con and I was able to go back to Disc Room. The Devolver yeah, Digital okay. Game on the Switch, and uh, yesterday I was like, "Oh, I'll just see how it is to play Disc Room" because I had like severe problems with drifting on that game, and I ended up playing it for like two and a half hours, and I finished it. So I finished yeah. Disc Room. <laughs> nice, um, well very, done. Very uh, very happy. Um, and the final, you were saying the final boss is like brutally hard. Oh yeah, I sent you a screenshot of like the the total number of kills. I don't know how many people have listened, have played the game. Um, and can compare, but I died 1,749 times while playing Disc Room on, on regular mode. Um, I got 81% completion. It took me just over five hours to finish. And uh, the deadliest room was the Ultimate Gatekeeper, which is the name for the final boss. And I died 427 times to his blades. God um, damn. So that's more than a quarter. <laughs> more than a quarter of, of the deaths in that game uh, were due to that one boss. Uh, I wonder hypothetically what is like, because it's a game where there's no way you can finish this game without dying. So I wonder if there's going to be some kind of competitiveness over what's the least number of deaths. There, there actually is this, like, I just, I, I read it and I was like, fuck off. It's like, yeah, right. in, in order to get like the true and good ending, you can only die in one, in one, in each room once and oh, you can wow. only die to each blade once. Okay. Um, and you have to finish the game in like 20 minutes. <laughs> what? Just like, yeah, it's like just sadistic, impossible shit for my brain. But I'm sure there are people who are far more adept at these kind of games. And I bet you they're all PC master race motherfuckers like you, John. I will be uh, YouTubing that because yeah. there's no chance in hell of me ever actually achieving it. You're going to try and finish Disc Room? Uh, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Um, I'll, I'll definitely return to it. The uh, first phase cause... of the final boss is just so goddamn hard. The boss has like <laughs> blade, like discs that he spins, that he th- throws out to you, and then they also spin out like like almost like a centipede of discs that then bounce off the oh, walls. God. Plus, he has this thing that like it slows you down. So it, like the same way that you use it to slow everything else down when you have it. Um, yeah, he, he can slow he, you down too And it's just It's so hard And then he targets you And flies at you The second and third phase Aren't anywhere near as hard But the first phase I just I couldn't master It was so tough What was your What was your preferred um, What are they What are they called Power or whatever Power yeah um, uh, It was 
There's a really, really great one that I don't want to spoil for you. The final one I found was really fun and was was necessary in the because the last levels what you're doing is you're you're clearing all these squares. You've got to, you've got to cross over each each square. Like say like the, the level is now made up of like thirty squares on the floor, and you have to mm-hmm. run over every single one of the squares while avoiding getting hit by discs. Um, okay, and uh, th- there's an effect that makes that slightly easier. So I use that a lot in the final levels, but slow. The second power up you get was the uh, my most used by far. Yeah, definitely. Useful. During during my playthrough, that's the one I gravitated to the most, just because getting getting that like one to two seconds of breathing room could sometimes make or break my attempt at a level. Um, yeah, there, there's some really obtuse puzzles that I had to look up to get you know to, to, to figure out what you were meant to do in certain rooms there's like a pattern that you need to follow to even get to a certain room um and all kinds of weird challenges it's certainly not gonna be a game that i'm gonna 100 because i think i would lose my mind but i'm very sure. happy happy that i finished it and got the quote-unquote bad ending whatever it's an ending i'm done yeah <laughs> you immediately <laughs> unlock hard mode and it took me like 10 minutes to beat the first level on hard mode and i was like i have to bid this game adieu <laughs> yeah we're done here disc room Fucking great um, game though. So glad I played oh, yeah. it and uh, didn't disappoint at all. Yeah, definitely. So I speaking of speaking of games talked about previously that have been now finished by one of us. Yeah, this is the finish uh, zone. Let's talk, let's only talk about games that we've finished in the, the beginning of this episode. So DIY I, repairs and finishing games. Yeah, definitely. The perfect um, opening segment. So I uh, I finished one of the games I'm going to be talking about later. Um, which is Yuppie Psycho, uh, on my Switch. And then I was like, I need something to play on my Switch, you know. And I've got games, like, I have a I have a pile of shame on my Switch. There are games that I've never even touched. I have CrossCode, I've never opened that game. <laughs> I've got Creature in the Well, I've never opened that game. Like, all these games that are, you know, waiting for me. But you know how sometimes you, like, you you kind of... They're not ticking the boxes that you want to tick. So I was just scrolling through my library... And I came across Golf Story. Now, Golf Story, I think, is one of the like we spoke about this game. It came out before we and, started the podcast. Yeah, I think it was the it was mentioned in your top ten list of Switch games, which was like our fourth or fifth episode or something. Mm-hmm. So I, I picked that up at the time and you know enjoyed it, but kind of like it's a golf game. You eventually are like, oh, okay, I'm kind of I'm I'm settled with this at the moment. The quirks the, of the story are definitely charming. Oh, definitely. It's a it's a massively charming game. Um, so I was like, you know what? I kind of like, I've just been through Yuppie Psycho. It's a bit of an experience. I just want something nice and calm and kind of, you know, fun to play. So I picked up Golf Story again. But this time I was like, you know what? I'm taking this to the mat. I'm not walking away from Golf Story. I'm going to fucking finish it this time. Uh, and stupidly enough, like I had a save on there where I was up to like level 24 in terms of, cause you know, it's got the RPG progression system. Yeah. So yeah, for those who don't know it, golf, yeah, golf story is like an RPG as like almost like a SNES era RPG about golf. So you're a dude, you're a dude who basically making his way through different golf courses and there's very fun story and conversations that you have with different characters and fun challenges and you level up, you get new clubs, all that kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's super fun. Um, so I had an original save file, but my idiot brain was like, no, you can't remember the controls. Just start from the <laughs> beginning again. And so I did that. And after about five minutes, I was like, that's right. The controls are really easy to learn. This is yep. stupid. But I just kept going. I was like, I, I can't remember a lot of the story beats and stuff like that. And I swear going back, I'm like, I think they've added new stuff into it because there are bits and pieces that I'm like, I don't remember how like this bit. I remember bits after it and bits before it, but I don't remember this particular bit. Anyway, long story short, the final, like, the end of the game, because the whole point of the game is you're trying to go pro, and to go pro you need to finish a a professional tournament, which is the last kind of big tournament of the game. It is the difficulty, the difference in difficulty between that tournament and the rest of the game is just massive. Because the rest of the game gives you a bit of leeway, like whenever you play a tournament, Inevitably, the the person in second place has like plus three, plus four in terms of their their number of their number of goal strokes. This one, you need to like essentially play a perfect or better game. Damn. To to get out, so I like I restarted so many times after like 
on the second or third hole, racking up a plus two in terms of par. I was like, God damn it, quit to the world map, start the tournament again. But finally, I played like a, a nail-biting like round of golf, nine holes. I think the final hole, the final stroke on the final hole, I wound up using... Because you get certain... There are, there are three kind of special shots you can do, one of which like ignores the wind direction. Right. And I was like, okay, I'm breaking it out now. Golf ball sunk, and I was just like, oh, oh my God, thank God, I'm done. I'm done with this game. Because this is something, like like you said, it's the same with Discream. I can now, I never have to touch Golf Story again. <laughs> I've finished it, I'm happy, we're good. But um, look, like, like I said, like you said, the combination of RPG and golf game is real interesting, and I think it's definitely it's an Australian game as well. So that alone, pick it up, support the local industry. You know, their do, sequel do s- is like it's 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 like sport story is what it's sport, called. Sports story, and it mixes all different sports together, and I'm really excited for it. Did you um, fuck around with? I remember hating the frisbee golf, and I got I got stuck trying to beat that and a putt putt golf, and both of them kept fucking up for me, and that's why I stopped playing the game. Finished finished everything. Okay, wow, well done. Yeah, you did it. Finished, you did it. finished the finished the frisbee golf stuff. Putt putt. I think there are various putting challenges. Finished all that. Yes, it nice is. Job. I don't know why it was like I want to play it to flag on the top of this mountain. It was also part of my mind was like I'm going to have finished golf story and Levens won't have. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on the golf note, um, and, and and we should say that uh, that golf story is a. I think at, at this point still a Switch exclusive. Um, but, yeah, uh, I believe so. I've been playing. Uh, I went back to an old favorite, one of our favorite games of last year. What the golf on yes. Apple Arcade on my phone. A perfect, um, whereas uh, The Pathless is a, is a shocking game to play on your phone. What the golf is, I think the perfect place to play it is on your phone. Oh, abs- absolutely. Um, so I've gone back to that game because I got a, a message uh, from the app saying that there's been a Christmas update. And so there's quite a substantial new campaign now on What the Golf. Oh. Um, and it's, it's Christmas themed. Um, and like it even has like, you know, the hub world where you've got to, you know, find your way through this funny environment of scientists and weird creatures and then find the holes in there. And when you hit the, hit the ball in the hole, then you get like a, a world with multiple levels in it. And yeah. uh, they're, all, they're all snow themed. It's really fun. Um, Hell yeah, I will definitely I loved, be going back in on that Loved that game and it was so fun to get a whole bunch of new levels And fun, dumb, new writing and jokes uh, from, from that great game So yeah, definitely, if, you, if you've forgotten about that game Or maybe you're someone that continues to play for Apple Arcade Despite never using it uh, Go and, uh, and check out What the Golf for a fun update It's also on Switch as well So grab it, yeah, grab yeah. it there if you want And Steam I, I, I wonder now, how it I is think. to play yeah, on, on, on a console yeah. The touch controls Should... are so responsive, responsive. Oh. I love them Oh yeah, and so so intuitive as well. Um, all right, should we should we rip into what we've been playing lately? I've got one last game that I have finished. Um, as I said oh. at the start of the episode, it is technically a um, an indie game, even though it is yes. uh, a game uh, using uh, one of the best known games of all time. It's Tetris Effect, um, specifically the new enhanced version called Tetris Effect Connected. I've been playing it on my Xbox One S. Um, and it is a game that was uh, directed by Takashi Ishihara, and uh, he is uh, a dude most most po- uh, famous for a few uh, incredible uh, indie background. Wait, sorry, did I say the right thing? I may have said the wrong Japanese name. Oh, I, I do not know. Um, are, anyway, we, are we cancelled? <laughs> no, I'm just re- I'm reading the wrong credit. Maybe it was produced by the guy that that the guy the, the, the producer may be the more famous one. Tetsuya, um, here we go. Tetsuya Mizuguchi is his name, and he uh, there we go. he produced. He's the responsible for Res and Luminez, um, amidst other games for Sega. But Res and Luminez are kind of like I guess like after Tetris, some of the most beloved puzzle games. Um, yeah. And uh, so he uh, got his hands on Tetris and put together Tetris Effect. Originally came out for PSVR. Then they made a regular version. And now they've made this enhanced version, which at the moment is exclusive to Xbox. And uh, it is essentially like extremely hypnotic, uh, almost like drug-induced Tetris. Uh, I'm a massive Tetris head. I fucking love it. My favorite version of Tetris is uh, the DS version. Um, which incorporated lots of like Nintendo characters and stuff like that. But this is just a whole nother level. Um, 
I would love it's, it's the ultimate like game that you just want to show someone who who maybe like John you maybe you've heard of this game before but like in 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 playing it basically like it's a very musical based game in that you uh as you as the blocks fall and and you rotate them it creates noises that then come together to create a song and then the, and then a beat starts kicking in as the speed of the game starts increasing um as you clear more 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 lines yeah. and uh Man, it is. It's it's so hypnotic. It's so incredible. Like I, I, but it's really dangerous because I'll play it and then my eyes will hurt, and then right. I realize it's because I don't blink while I play a Tetris effect. <laughs> Shookers. So and that is the Tetris effect. Yeah, I think the Tetris effect actually refers to when no, like, it's yeah, it's a specific right, right back when people first started playing it. Like yeah, when you would see the blocks, like whenever you closed your eyes or whenever yeah. you like you know had dreams about Tetris, but I love that, 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 that kind of, you know, it's very cringy in parts, EDM soundtrack, but it works so well for the game. And, uh, you know, when, when you first play Tetris on Game Boy or wherever else, you know that the speed can go up to, you know, 10 or even 15 on some versions, but you're never going to go above like three because it just gets too goddamn hard. This game forces sure. you to get good at being at, at Tetris at this, the fastest level it could possibly go to. So the fine, like the, throughout the, there's like a story, not so much a camp, there's a campaign and each of them is like right. a different themed level and each, each level goes, has different speeds depending on which level of the amount of lines you've cleared. And like, there are multiple times where you're doing like it first, like when it first brings you up to a speed of seven, you're like, God damn it. That's so fast. And by the end of the game, you're so used to it going up to the teens, like, you know, 12, 13, that when it goes to seven, you're like, oh, sweet, relaxing, slow Tetris. Um, right, sure. Yeah. It's a fucking great game. Really, really geniusly done. And like, yeah, like I said, like a very druggy feeling, hypnotic experience, highly recommended. And I, I'm finishing the, the campaign, again, on normal. I don't think I have uh, the, the chutzpah to finish it on hard. But um, I, man, I was le- very happy we're in we're in our thirties now, man. Hard level, nah. <laughs> who can be who can be bothered? True. Um, bef- before we rip into the the main body of reviews, there is one other thing I remember to talk about, which is uh, beginning beginning of this episode. I said I was the Lord of PC. Didn't seem to impress you that much. <laughs> Just like uh, you know, you, you Shania Twain me. Right. Oh, so you um, have a PC or something? <laughs> yeah. Uh, however, I did, because of my PC, get to play a demo of a game that you and I are very excited about. I speak, of course, of the Devolver Digital published, developed by Skeleton Crew Studio, Olija, or if, if you're not big into Spanish pronunciations, Elijah. Elijah. Um, so it's a game that we saw, I think, where, where, like, it was the Devolver Digital Showcase, I think, maybe? That's no, it was, we I think it was an, it. maybe it was an indie director. Oh, maybe I can't remember. It was either an indie director or a Devolver Showcase, yeah. Yeah, so they, they during the recent Steam kind of, they Steam had like a sort of indie festival or something along those lines, but there was a bunch of games that put uh, demos out, of which Alika was one of them. Uh, and I gave it a bit of a go. I, I wasn't playing in optimal conditions. I couldn't be asked to grab a controller out, so I was playing with... Uh, with the the WASD keys and and you know control and etc., which gross is not not the best way to play a platformer. I'll totally admit that. But this you are gonna fucking love this game. Like the harpoon mechanic in it, because you you're a guy named Faraday who uh, is shipwrecked on an island or is shipwrecked in this country, and you're trying to get home, and you pick up this sort of mythical harpoon, and basically you can like you throw the harpoon. Uh, you can you can throw it at enemies, or there's like various grappling points on the level. You can then kind of fling yourself over to where your harpoon is. You can call it back to yourself. So there are all these like cool little combat maneuvers you can pull with this harpoon. Um, very very cool retro art style, like really chunky sort of pixels. Uh, I think yeah, this is. I think it's due out next year. It's coming to everything. It's coming to Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Yeah, I'm so excited. So for this. yeah, really, really looking forward to this one coming out. Looks like it's going to be uh, definitely. I think it'll be a game that both of us will finish. Unreal. But the real question yeah. is, who will finish it first? <laughs> who knows, man? Have you finished? Could, it, it, might, it could be a, go- a golf story. Uh, golf yeah. story. Yeah. <laughs> 
Or it could be Hades. Both of us, both of us want to finish. Neither of us have yet. <laughs> yeah, that ain't happening. All right, sorry. hit us with a review, Levens. Gods. Um, yeah. So let's talk about Kato, a game which we have yeah. both played. I've have finished this one, or rather, I finished yeah. it with children. Both my kids played this with me. Um, Archie, in particular, my se- almost seven-year-old son, was a huge fan of this game, and he played a great deal of this game by himself uh, because the, uh, especially in the, the early, the first two kind of chapters of this game, in which you play a cartographer trying to. Uh, guess like you know make the map of the world that she's exploring and find her grandma um the first few chapters are relatively simple and then some of the puzzles get considerably harder so i needed to step in and help out um but this is a game that's been published by humble and we've you know raved about a lot of humble games in the past yeah um but i just think they make such awesome inclusive fun family games um Wanda Song is a, a very personal favorite. Um, obviously, it's, I love Slay the Spire as well. It does not fit in the same realm of the games that I'm talking mm. about. Um, I Can Fell, a game that I talked about last episode, definitely I would put in the same category. But yeah, Cardo is just like a really, really sweet, charming game. It's a, it's a puzzle game in which you play like a young explorer, a cartographer, who everyone calls Cardo. Um, she's mostly silent for, for the great deal of the game, but she meets a lot of characters who do a lot of the talking. Um, and uh, you can, you know, traverse the the, the, the various terrains that you uh, that you explore. And whenever you press uh, the map button, um, you you zoom out, and you can take pieces of the map and rotate them around and connect them with other pieces of the map. And that allows you to navigate um, the terrain and also um, unlock and, and and solve puzzles um, as you explore. Yeah. So. It's a fantastic mechanic. Um, I got to admit, like playing through, I'm up to chapter three, I think. Yep. Um, like I'm just in that deep, the that kind of the dark forest. Woods. Yep. The foggy woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just like, it's one of those great kinds of puzzles where, <clears throat> when the solution clicks for you, it feels really rewarding. Like, because there's, for instance, with the foggy woods, navigating the foggy woods, there's no, like, you working out that like a fallen tree points in the direction you've got to go. Yes. Because yeah, before yeah. B- before you figure that out, you're just kind of wandering back and forward, and there are little like musical prompts that tell you if you've gone the right way or the wrong way. So finally figuring out like, oh, oh, that's the direction I should go because it. At first, it doesn't quite make sense because more often than not, the tree trunks are telling you to go back the way you came. Mm-hmm. But once you sort of like, when I figured out, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. Oh man, felt so good. Felt so yeah. smart. It's all about, oh, it's all about experimenting. It's, you're not going to be given the answer until you fuck up a few times. There was only one yeah. point in the entire game where I genuinely had no idea what was expected of me. Well, I, like there were clues. And if I randomly moved the map around, then sometimes good things happened. But then I didn't know what to do for the next part, so I did have to look up a guide for one bit. Right. Um, but uh, that was very late in the game, one of the final puzzles. Um, but for the most part, yeah, this is like an excellent game to play uh, with, with kids or a partner who isn't as uh, game-obsessed um, as you may be. Um, it's a really, really sweet story and a very easy-to-comprehend, difficult to kind of... Not so much... It's not really a hard to master, but there are like, you know... Once you understand the mechanics, there are some tricky puzzles that you have to solve using those mechanics. The um, good but- thing is it's it gives you so much space to experiment. I don't think I, I, you know, I mean, I'm only up to chapter three, but I'm pretty sure at no point will I hit a fail state. No, like, no, no, not at all. I'm, no, I'm, totally, I'm totally able to just you do whatever die. I want to try work it out. It, to um, that end, it's very similar to Wanda Song. Yeah, I really love the... Um, the story so far, I love it. Like I, I've gotten two two letters from the grandma character so far. Yep, and they're so positive and lovely because the game, like the reason this young cartographer is trying to find her way home is she's she's in an airship with her grandma at the beginning and she falls out during a storm, um, and just the the communications you have with your grandma, she's so just like you're exploring the world and that's wonderful and like have a great time and you know meet people etc like it makes you feel so excited to be on this adventure as opposed to like 
oh, I'm, you know, there was an accident and I screwed up or anything like that. Like, no, just totally, a really, yeah. The, the world's and, going to end if I don't, you know. Well, yeah, like there's, yeah it, it encourages you to explore as opposed to, like, threatens you with, with consequences if you don't explore, I guess would be the way I put it. Yes. And the art, the art style is, like, children's Lovely. book, children's book gorgeous. Yeah, I, I, I think this is, like... Just such such an awesome game. I, don't, I, I assume it's... I'll look it up now. I assume it's on almost everything. Uh, I can tell you... I have it here. It is on Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Mac, and PC. Uh, and developed by Sunhead Games. I think it was made by a fairly um, uh, small team led by uh, yeah, like Lee Koo Chen t- like from Sunhead Games. Like two or three people, I think. Out of Taiwan. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's... Yeah, it was great. I loved this game. Very, very fun. Yeah. And uh, a yeah. perfect game to play with kids. Definitely. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, do you want to talk to us about... Uh, the the what was it Sakuna Sakuna of Rice and Ruin yeah so um, I've been playing a few games published by um, Marvelous Games um, okay I think they're based based in uh, Japan um, but they are the the publisher responsible for publishing uh, games like Rune Factory um, Story of Seasons those kind of games but then also um, uh, they published um, uh, the No More Heroes games, um, which I've been playing right. the Switch ports of, um, and uh, because the, the third No More Heroes game is coming out soon. I play a little bit of the first No More Heroes on my Wii, and it is so much more fun playing them with not motion controls on my Switch, especially Hell now yeah. that my Joy-Cons work. It rocks. Um, but, man, Marvelous have put out a lot of great games. They're, I think they're like probably the biggest independent Japanese video game developer and publisher. They also do anime and, and stuff like that as well. Um, but I believe they're responsible for like Wii games as well, um, like Muramasa and Little King Story. Um, but I mean, have you, have you, do you know much, much about No More Heroes? I know Suda51 is the brains behind it. Yep. Um, head of Grasshopper Games. I know he's like a legendary game designer, kind of in the way Hideo Kojima is. But he's, he's sort of like the, the, like the twisted version of Hideo Kojima. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, that's that's rough. I know they're kind of they're sort of bonkers. Like the No More Heroes series, are, like I have a vague idea of the plot. I know they're really they're really kind of batshit insane. Yep. Um, they're Is so there much more fun. I should you know. I mean, you would love them. You you, you play like a um, a hitman who learns of there being like um, an elite crew. Basically, you 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 find yourself at the bottom rung of ten other assassins and um because you are now the 10th best assassin every assassin in town is going to try and take you out so they can become the 10th best assassin so it's in your interest to kill all the assassins above you and make your way higher up that list so you just basically kill your way through 10 different assassins but while you're not killing you have to do like odd jobs around town that are made like you, odd jobs of, of just mini games that you do for money to buy your way, like in, to, to buy like your way into tournaments and buy new gear and things like that. So it is like this kind of like primitive open world game because it was a Wii game with like really great fighting mechanics. And I mean, the, the main reason you're playing it though is for a batshit, batshit insane story with hilarious dialogue. 
Um, and to that end, it, it's held, it held, holds up really, really well. It's very funny. Um, and the ports are excellent. Um, I, have yeah. to, I have to say, yeah, they, they, they look as good as like, you know, a, a Wii game could on, on the Switch. And I haven't had any issues uh, with, uh, with gameplay at all. I've beaten two of the Assassins so far. Um, I'm not like, you know, chomping at the bit to play more and more of it every single day. But once a week, you know, two weeks since I've had it, I'll, I'll get, go to get in there and make my way towards a, uh, one, of the, one of the next bosses or whatever. It's fun. It's really, really fun. Uh, lots of great humor, great personality. And uh, I plan to finish both of them before No More Heroes 3 comes out next year. Nice. Um, so Marvelous also pre- um, uh, published a game called uh, Sakuna of Rice and Ruin. Um, and I mentioned Muramasa earlier. Uh, Muramasa was this incredible um, game that I played on the Wii and then I got the Vita version of too. Um, just an excellent, like, um, like it was like set in like, uh, you know, uh, pre-feudal Japan. Um, and like just basically like a, a very fun sword fighting, like killing, killing monsters with different blades um, kind of plat- brawler platformer brawler game uh, with lots of personality like lots of like fun things like you know every time you killed all the enemies you then made your way to a new town and when you're in town you can go and visit like a traditional Japanese spa or like a place that will make make you like a, a rice and curry set or whatever to give you new stats and health I had a lot of charm it was really really fun and, and the combat was excellent and Sukuno is a little bit similar um, Sukuna is one part like brawler platformer you play a, uh, a young god who has, who, who, whose boots have gotten too big for her feet, or she's too big for her boots, I believe. There the, we go. Uh, the saying is. Um, and uh, she's basically like, she, her, she's way too pampered and expects the, the like, you know, she's, she's just a spoilt little piece of shit, basically. So the gods send her to fend for herself with uh, some humans on a rugged monster-filled island. And... Um, the way you level up in this uh, game, get stronger and, and, and you know, take less damage is the second part of this game. This game is also a farming sim. So nice. you are tending to uh, rice crops and you have to like, you know, check the soil levels, remove, m- remove pests and like have these great harvests of rice. And in turn, you, you only do as, as good as your, your crops do. And that makes you stronger right. okay. and better in battle. Um, and uh, the, the there is way more depth to the rice growing simulator than there are in the, in the than there is in the um, very very solid fun um, brawling sections. But yeah, like there is a lot of like fun moves you can unlock and things like that. But you could I could get very very lost in the farming stuff if if you love like you know farming games and uh, and you're worried that the the, the brawler is the, the main emphasis of this game. I think you could spend more time in the farming stuff if you uh, really wanted to. There's a... Like, you have to, like, make your own fertilizer and make sure it has, like, all the right alkali- alkaline levels and, and oh, it's crazy. It's so much fun and, and it, it's your... It, it trickles the... Inf- like, there's a lot of information to take in eventually. I've only played, like, I think, like, six or seven days of the, the, the game's day cycle. But I've learned so much weird stuff to do with how to grow my crops, and then like you know the the the, the better my my rice is, the 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 longer I can survive in the in the brawling sections, and then you unlock more resources that then you take back to your farm, and like you know you help all the people out on your farm with the resources you've got. You, you also have to hunt all the food that you eat, um, and you feed okay. everybody. That there's like a, a, a cook. And you have to like teach your cook to be better at cooking because the first meal that she cooks is like just like burnt meat. Um, right. Yeah, it's great. So you're like fighting monsters, getting their flesh, taking it back to your camp. Everyone has a nice, big, healthy meal. You're stronger. You tend to your rice. You use the resources on the rice. The rice grows well, and then you are better in battle, and then you repeat. It's a great loop. I'm really, really enjoying yeah. it. Yeah, I'm so playing that on fun. PS5 at the moment, the PS4 version. It is on Switch as well. Okay. And... Uh, I don't think it's too like labor intensive of a Switch. I assume it would play pretty well on Switch, but it looks damn good on my PS5. Um, those those grains of rice, man. Those little those little yeah. spiders that I'm finding in my uh, in my sleeping quarters. They're beautiful, man. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, okay. This this has very much intrigued me. Yeah, yeah. They're really, they're well, both. Re- but it's a really really good game. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. Well, my uh, 
my forays into small games over the last couple of weeks, I was very excited with the release of Yuppie Psycho. So this is uh, the... I don't want to say new game. It's the latest game from developer Baroque Decay, who um, was the guy... was the mind behind um, the the Count Lucanor. That's right. Which, the which, The fractured um, mind. The, yeah, the twisted mind behind... Yeah, so developed by Baroque Decay... Uh, Count Lucanor, famously, if you listen to the podcast, is uh, the game that that you switched off because it got far too spooky, too scary. Yep, too scary, too scary. Uh, so this time, um, so Count Lucanor was kind of this guy's take on like fairy tales and fables. This time, it's his take on office culture. Um, so you play this guy, Brian Pasternak, uh, like a kind of a simple country rube, if you will who received a, a job offer from the biggest corporation on earth, a company called Centricorp. Now you, you, you know, you, you weren't, you didn't exactly excel at your studies because Centricorp gets the best of the best of the best. You didn't apply for a job there. So what the hell are you doing being given a job opportunity at Centricorp? You discover the whole game basically takes place on your first day. And one of the first things you find out is, you were hired at Centricorp to be a witch hunter mm-hmm. because there is evil afoot in Centricorp, um, which is caused by the presence of a witch, and your job is to try track this witch down and essentially get get rid of her or, or, or solve the problem. Um, it's it's a much bigger and more ambitious game than the Count Lucanor. Like the Count Lucanor, you're in the Count's castle. There were like nine or ten rooms that you could explore. With this game, there are ten floors for you to explore. Yeah. Um, and it gets real weird in this building. Like one floor is a is a forest and a cemetery. Uh, another floor is just hundreds and hundreds of office workers like aggressively milling around. Uh, you know, just real like. It does a great job of taking mundane situations and making them really creepy. Must have been fun um, playing this after going under. I think I was playing it kind of around the same time. Right. So it was, it was very strange to be like, oh, this is this is a different take on going under, kind of. Or, you know, to play these two games fairly back-to-back that were both based on office culture. Yep. There were there were definitely moments in this game that like more <clears throat> moments in this game more so than um more so than the Count Lucanor that like really unsettled me. That's exciting. Um, yeah. So like one of one of the bosses is this giant dot matrix printer with like <laughs> hands, but no like and hands like, oh, coming no, out. Old tech. No, because it has fucking hands coming out, either like giant hands coming out all sides of it, and that's how. Oh, it I see. Moves, you've, like, you've sent me a photo of this. Yeah, I see it. It it like scuttles around, and in the lead up to getting to that boss, you're passing all these like dead bodies that the boss has killed. Like it's it's pretty fucking heavy. Um, <laughs> it's also like Count Lucanor had three different endings. This one has like there are two main ending paths you can take, and then various endings branching off that one based on small decisions you make. Mm-hmm. So I did like I did the two main paths kind of and, and took the the best way I could find out of both of them. One of the one of the ending paths has you like exploring the boarded up kind of one of the levels of the the building is like the mansion that the family that owns the company used to live in. Right. And and one of the endings is you kind of like trying to discover who the witch is while playing hide and seek with this really fucked up version of a little girl. And so you're like racing around trying to like do these tasks in this house and then all of a sudden you'll be in a room and creepy music will start playing and you just know that like this terrifying looking little girl is like hide and seek and starts trying <laughs> to find you. And if she finds you, she'll stab you. And you can only take like three or four stabs at this point before you die. <laughs> Just three so or four you stabs. Like, you like, you have to piss bolt for a wardrobe or a hiding space and pray that she doesn't track you down. It was like, 
just super, super tense gameplay. So I, I had a great time. I, I think I love Broke Decay's stuff. I think he makes really great, creepy kind of horror games. Um, if, if you're looking for a scare, then I highly recommend checking out Yuppie Psycho. Really fun. It's been on Steam for ages. Like, I think it was it was released on Steam 25th of April last year, but it mm-hmm. only made its way to Switch in, like, the last month or so. So if, uh, if, if you are against the PC, uh, but you have a Switch, <laughs> definitely, Severely. definitely... Yeah, definitely cop it. Cop it now because it's uh it's really really fun, uh, and the other game that I've uh, I've I've dipped my toe into over the last couple of days is a game called Cook Serve Delicious Three. So you told a- me about these games before. This is like the way more, um, like like it's like what if um Overcooked wasn't fun? <laughs> okay, first of all, fuck you. Second of all. It's like Overcooked is like a fun multiplayer, like chaotic multiplayer game. This is a cooking simulator where that's all about like precision and maintaining kind of your maintaining your head in stressful situations. So what was wrong with what I just said? What was incorrect? Uh, you were being a dick about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Uh, so yeah, with with Cook Serve, like the Cook Serve Delicious series, it's all about you are running a restaurant. You decide what dishes go on your menu each day, and then you you kind of you cook this food over the course of the day. Customers come in, they order. You have to put their order together as quickly as possible. Some stuff's really easy to cook. You like dump it in a deep fryer, pull it out, and it's ready to serve. Some of the stuff is really complicated, involving like lots of different ingredients. And also customization from the customer. So they might want, like, a burger, for instance. <clears throat> Someone might want a burger with a lot, which will involve you putting on a lot of different ingredients. Some people might want just a triple cheeseburger, but you need to think that you have to cook three patties, you need to put three slices of cheese. So it's all about paying attention to these details. You screw up any of the details and the customer goes away angry and you destroy your chance of having a perfect day. So the wrinkle that they've added for the third one that's really interesting is because the first the first game revolves around you've started your restaurant, cook, serve, delicious. You want to gain reputation and reach kind of the the top of this skyscraper, the Tetragon skyscraper, which is like the you know the toniest location in town. You're trying to build up your rep and make your way up to the top floor. The second game, it is discovered that <clears throat> the people that own Tetragon Building have been engaging in fraud. So your restaurant is like closed down along with the rest of the skyscraper. And you then have to go and like do odd jobs at other restaurants. <laughs> I really I really didn't like number two because it didn't have that like... Number one was great because you had that sense of like, oh, I'm building my own business up. I'm, you know, sweet. Another perfect day completed. I've gone up a rank. This is fucking awesome. Two kind of took that away from you and instead like you still have your own restaurant in number two but your progression is no longer focused on how you perform in that restaurant mm-hmm. uh, and how you how you perform in these other restaurants it just unlocks cosmetic upgrades for your restaurant which I don't give two shits about cosmetic upgrades like if they'd added something to the cosmetic upgrades where it's like if you use this kind of wallpaper your patrons are willing to wait 5% longer for their food to arrive or, you know, your oven will cook food 5%. Like, if there was sort of utility in the in the decorations, then it would have been slightly interesting. It was purely cosmetic. I didn't give a shit about it. I played maybe 45 minutes of Cook, Serve, Delicious 2 and just went, I hate this, I'm out. Cook, Serve, Delicious 3 starts with the building that you're in exploding <laughs> and you get fished out of the rubble by two robots who are driving like a search and rescue van and they recognize you as like the chef for this world famous cook serve delicious restaurant and they go hey how about we turn our van into a into a food van or a food truck and we'll drive with you across country to a food truck competition and you you like 
One of us will be the driver. The other one will defend you from enemy attacks. You cook the food. And so off you go on this, like, road trip set in the year, like, 2040 or something where some catastrophe has caused America to, like, crumble. Just this... It's got the weirdest fucking narrative behind it. But... They've updated the gameplay as well because you're in a food truck now and you're no longer in a restaurant. When you're in a restaurant, you start the day, there'll be like dribs and drabs of people coming in and then you'll have two rush periods, one for lunch and one in the evening. With the food truck, you have three stops during your day and each stop, like as you you approach your stop, you'll get orders in advance of what people will want. You can put food in holding stations, like simple snack food that you can then like make in bulk and, and pass out. When you hit your stop, your board immediately fills up and is the most fucking stressful thing. <laughs> Imagine like seven customers all wanting their order at the same time and you are frantically juggling like, okay, I've got these ones ready to go. Send them out. This person needs this specifically made. Put that together, get it cooking. While I've been doing that, other orders are coming. Like it is nail-bitingly like pressure. Like the pressure is insane now. <clears throat> and it's that much harder now to get a perfect day because there's so many things going on that demand your attention that you're just trying to like get food out as quickly as possible. There are there are they have added some elements like your robots act as sort of chef's assistants. So if you have like tons of orders that are ready to go on the board, instead of having to like tick them off individually you can just press control and your robot will expedite them themselves Mm -hmm. um i'm just sort of starting out i've done a few stops so far but i'm like fuck it you guys have got me back in in number three i am down for this i'm really looking forward to playing my way through trying to make it to these food truck championships well is it fun though for me it is i think you'd hate it because of my actual uh, experience in running a restaurant and, and hating that experience. <laughs> yep, that's that'd probably that'd definitely factor into it. Um, I just think this is one of those things that highlights that you and I, you and I enjoy different things. With oh no, games. absolutely, no, that's great. I'm, I am just yeah. giving you shit. I'm sure it's fun as. Um, Viva la difference. Rank, rank the cook serve delicious um, games for me. Uh, one, three, two. Okay, right. I think one, and this is this is mainly based on. I could go back and play one again and see how I feel about it, and it might change. It might go three, one, two, but I just think that that my initial introduction to the series, I think, I, has such a fond place in my heart that I think that that comes number one. It was so like so simple and unencumbered by extra gameplay mechanics, whereas I think now number three is starting to really kind of use gameplay mechanics they introduced in number two and make them work kind of mm-hmm. as opposed to just feeling like innovation for innovation's sake yeah cool anyway okay. you can you can grab this game on uh nintendo switch playstation 4 xbox one and it's on pc and mac as well personally i would not play this on a console uh, just because the way you prepare it, like if you're playing it on keyboard, it's literally like it's almost like a typing tutor. <laughs> whereas playing it on, whereas <laughs> playing it on controllers, you're so bad is, at selling this game. <laughs> it's for instance, I memorized this last night. the 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 sequence of keys to make a grilled cheese sandwich is S D C W N H. Wow. The moment you lock that down, though, any time a grilled cheese sandwich is ordered, you know that you can bash that out in half a second and get it cooking. Okay. It's about, it's about that kind of, like, rote memorization and learning, like, what to do really quickly under pressure. Doing it on a keyboard is nice and simple. Doing it on a controller is trying to pat your head and rub your stomach at the same time, but you have six arms. Yeah, it sounds like a nightmare. Oh yeah, you'd fucking hate this game, but I'm I'm a big fan. It's uh, it. it's How developed does it rank and pub- in terms of like the most John game of all time. Is it this or is it Mud Runner, Snow Runner? Oh, Snow Runner is the most John game of all time. Okay, there we go. I realized the other day Snow Runner would be the perfect game or the perfect name for like a young Jeezy album. <laughs> He's just Jeezy now, but I agree. All <laughs> oh, right. Um, what about uh, a, a game where you play a Russian trucker who has to 
who has to drive a food truck through the snow and there's someone in the back of the truck having making food for other trucks as they pass him that would be i i i mean look it's a hell of a pitch let's get this in <laughs> let's get this in front of devolver let's get this in front of humble let's see what what, what kind of no 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 it needs to be made by like a, a weird russian developer like the snow runner games oh sure right um who makes cook serve delicious Vertigo Gaming. They both uh, developed and published it. Interesting. Okay, cool. And I'm pretty sure... Let me just look them up. <clears throat> yeah, so they've done the three the three Cook Serve Delicious games. Um, what else have they done? The Oil Blue. Okay. Which, so, not, sure what, not sure what that is. Is it is. a game in let which you play, in, you play someone trying to navigate an oil tanker through the snow? Might be a game for you. Oh, Possibly the Sandbox of God, Spirit of Metropolis, Shell Blast. So nothing like I think Cook Serve Delicious has been their biggest, their biggest thing so far. I'm trying to um, figure out where Vertigo Gaming are due. Uh, sorry, are, are oh, based Texas. Texas. Okay. Yeah. And Russia's natural natural enemy. Yeah. Exactly. The Russia of the Russia of the United States. <laughs> I think that's Alaska. Uh, oh, that's actually very true. Um, yeah, so it's been some some great gaming this this couple of weeks. Yeah, man, hell of a hell of a month of gaming. Um, yeah. Thank you so much to li- for listening to this episode. We will be back. Uh, are we going to get an episode in before our best of the year episode, John? It's possible we will. We can damn well yeah, try. Yeah, I, rec- I reckon. I reckon we will. Um, if you want to get it in touch with us before we record the next episode, we would love to hear from you. You can uh, email us at allthesmallgames at gmail.com or you can uh, get in touch over Facebook, facebook.com slash allthesmallgames or on Twitter at allthesmallgame. Um, I'm aware that there's a weird issue where our podcast for some reason isn't publishing to Spotify. Um, Joel Zamet from uh, Sans Pants said he was looking into it, but he's also organizing a wedding. So who knows what his priorities are? Um, but I would understand if, look, if Spotify, if, if you don't get a new episode on Spotify for a while, you know who to blame. That's right. That no good marriage. It's, uh, I've been you, against it from the start. The new episode of all the small games goes up, but it's, it's his wedding. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you so much for listening, John. Thank you so much for playing games. Thank you so much for playing games and talking to me. Levins. Yeah, you're welcome, dude. You're especially yeah, welcome been, for the playing games part. Yeah, it's been fun. All right. See you see you next time everybody. Stay cool out there, snow runners. Yeah. Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.